Hola, hola, mi nombre es Emily Esperanza y bienvenidos a la Gringa Bilingua Podcast. And if you didn't understand any of that, don't worry, you'll get there. So this season we have been kind of going along together on my trip to Mexico City, which I had the absolute pleasure of going on this past June of 2022 for almost one week. I got to meet and stay with the family of my online friend, Fernanda, who I had met in an online acting class, got super close to her and her family, met a lot of amazing people, did a lot of amazing things. But today, I want to talk about some of the more difficult parts of this trip, because truly immersing yourself in another culture is not always easy. It is... It is amazingly fun. It is super rewarding. It is really, really great if you want to open up your mind to new ways of thinking, and it will really change you. So I want to talk about those moments that, although they might have been taxing, they might have been straining throughout the time that I was immersed in Mexican culture, they were also extremely rewarding. And these moments are what I'm calling culture shocks. The term culture shock is defined, for anyone that doesn't know, by Oxford Dictionary as the feeling of disorientation experienced by someone who is suddenly subjected to an unfamiliar culture, way of life, or set of attitudes. And that's not saying that these moments of culture shock are bad things. They, that is how we learn. Without these moments of like, whoa, that is not what I am used to. You know, we would never change our way of thinking. We would never learn anything new or be able to connect with new people. So in kind of forming these relationships with natives of Mexico City, I did undergo these culture shock moments, and I can't say I expected them. They were not things that I would have been able to predict, but they ended up being a really great experience and kind of an opportunity to expand my horizons, get out of my comfort zone. And I will say that even though this was a vacation, by the end of the week, I was exhausted. And I don't think it, I mean, it was a little bit of physical exhaustion just from walking around 24-7, but you know, that was the fun part. Like, I think it was a lot of mental exhaustion that I could not have predicted. And I think that's a beautiful thing because it shows that, you know, I was in a new environment and that is a really cool thing. But I just wanted to share with you guys today some of the most interesting culture shocks that I experienced in Mexico City. So without further ado, comencemos. Okay, so the first culture shock that comes to my mind when I reflect on these moments during the trip is one that is honestly also my favorite and one of the most beautiful things about the trip. This has to do with the kindness and the humility and the generosity of the people of this city. I'm not saying that people here in the U.S. are mean or, you know, rude by any means. Of course, there are always those people. But there was just this sense of that everybody that you walked by, they would greet you con buenos dias, good morning, or buenas tardes, good afternoon. To me here, that is just not normal. If I'm in New York City and I'm walking down the street, not everybody's going to greet me. Well, I don't think anybody's going to greet me saying good morning or anything like that. So this was honestly a really nice shock to me. It did start to become a little bit taxing because I think that here in the U.S. we really, really value our alone time, 
our privacy, um, kind of our space. In in general, what I noticed in Mexico City particularly was that that is not a value that is so important to them as it is here. For example, the amazing family that was sort of hosting us there in and showing us their city. They were absolutely amazing. The father took off of work to take us places, to take us sightseeing for many days in a row. You know, they were serving us meals and we felt terrible because we were like, why are they being so nice to us? They're hosting us. We wanted to take them out for meals. We wanted to pay for their dinner and host them. And, you know, we didn't want to intrude or anything, but they told us, they said, no, 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 we will be offended if you don't let us pay for your dinner or if you don't let us cook you dinner and host you at our house. So it was almost literally the reverse ideology of what we were raised with here, at least in my experience. Because here it's like if you're going to visit someone and they've invited you and, you know, you're going to be hosting them and you're going to be inviting them into your home, you know, they better show up with a gift. They better, you know, bring something for dinner. If you're going out, they better pay for the dinner. And in Mexico City, it was the complete opposite. You know, it was us trying to pay for their meals and them actually saying, no, no, no that's offensive that's offensive you need to let us pay because you're our guests it's a beautiful way to think but it was so hard to get used to because we felt rude not doing things for them not going the extra mile for them this isn't to say that they don't appreciate a little kindness they certainly do you know we brought gifts to the house we would go and pick up things for dinner but just the ideology of them viewing us as their guests in more of a light of us doing them a favor by allowing them to show us their city it's just a completely opposite way of thinking that i'm used to here because here we're very like you know if you're going to intrude upon my space in my house you better you know compensate for it which you know rightfully so you know that's that's how we think that's our culture here and that is not a bad thing but it was just definitely very strange because we felt you know ungrateful we felt rude Because they were doing everything for us. They were driving us around. You know, they wouldn't let us pay for taxis or anything. And it was beautiful. We were just so amazed at how generous they were. Because to me here, that is just something that would not happen very often. Because even these people were not people that we were related to. They were not people we'd ever met before. I had met my friend Fernanda online, but we had never met in person. I had never met her family And they took us in with such open arms and just were happy to be showing us their city. And it was amazing, but it was also shocking at the same time. I remember that by the end of the week, I was like, oh my gosh, like these people have literally driven us everywhere. They have cooked us like all of our meals, these amazing homemade meals. And if we weren't at their house, they would buy us meals. And, you know, they planned our whole itinerary, like you know, they're taking us everywhere. They want to show us everything. And it was almost like a little, like, we were so extremely grateful. And we were like, we haven't done anything in return. Like, we, you know, we kept trying to pay for things. And they would say, no, 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 no. It's offensive if you do that. It was just an adjustment to think in the opposite way that we are used to. And even, like, to get used to someone being so nice. Because we were like, this is crazy. Like, this guy took off work to drive us. You know, this whole family is so excited to have us and, you know, they're inviting us into their home every day, multiple times a day. And um, we were almost like, you know, like, you know, give us our space, give us our space. You know, we won't go over to your house every day because we felt bad. But they're, you know, it's the opposite for them. It's that they'll be offended. They will they will find that we're rude if we don't accept the invitation. So 
after the first two or three days, we kind of understood that we were like, oh, they think in the opposite way that we were raised to think in the U.S. You know, they really want to host us. It's not a burden to them. They're not thinking of it that way. So once we sort of got over that hurdle, we understood that. And we just we were amazed and so amazingly grateful at just how kind and how generous everyone was. It was honestly amazing. Could we learn a little lesson from that in the U.S.? Maybe. <laughs> not saying that we're terrible people here. We are not. Um, it was just completely different than what we were used to and just extreme, extreme generosity. So, yeah, big shout out to that family. They truly made the trip what it was and they were so happy to be showing us their country, their culture, their city. And um, I know it took us a little bit to accept that generosity because we were not used to you know, being treated with such, I don't know, with such kindness. And yeah, it was just a really beautiful thing. So that was a culture shock, but I would say definitely a good one in the end. All right. The second culture shock that stands out to me when I reflect on my time in Mexico City is not nearly as serious or important. I guess you could argue that maybe it is as the last one. Um, it has to do with fashion and style and like the way of dressing there in Mexico City specifically. I don't know and I don't think that this would apply to the entire country as this can vary a lot. But I had packed in my suitcase because this was June. And you know, like I'm from New England. So I mean, it's warm here in summer. It's not that warm. But like I wear shorts from like, I don't know, late May to like early September. So I packed my shorts and my skirts and I got there and much to my surprise, I was the only person, man or woman, on the street wearing shorts and I remember my friend was like, <laughs> I was like, do you think they can tell I'm American? And she was like, yes. And I was like, why? And she was like, you're wearing shorts. <laughs> um, Not my finest moment. I was not prepared for that. And I remember wishing that I had packed differently. So definitely something that I'm going to note for the next time. Had I been wearing pants, I definitely would have been sweating. I think that we just also have a different perception of temperature. Because to them, they were like, why didn't you bring a sweater? Aren't you going to be cold? And I was like, it's 75 degrees out. That is sweating for me coming from like up in New England. So that was sort of an interesting one. And not necessarily a bad culture shock either. Um... You know, I didn't feel like I faced a lot of judgment or like people were trying to scam us. I feel like a lot of people say, you know, be careful, be careful. You know, you're going to get scammed because they'll know you're a tourist. I find that at least making the effort to speak a little bit of Spanish and at least to show that you want to be there and that you want to understand their culture. I did not feel targeted or like I was getting scammed by anybody. I found the prices of things we were sold to be very good. Um, So... Even though I was the only person wearing shorts and everyone probably knew that I was from the U.S., uh, aside from my slight gringa accent, this was just more of a funny one, to be honest, because I was like, oh, no, I messed up. I gave myself away. I blew my cover. But, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Because honestly, I found that most natives of the city were excited when they heard that I was from the U.S., it wasn't like, oh, you're an American. You know, I think that's how a lot of us think that people will react in other countries. Um, if you make that effort to to understand their culture, to understand their language, at least just a little bit, the best that you can, um, I think it goes a long way. And most of them were super excited to talk and to get to know each other. 
All right, so the third culture shock I wanted to talk about didn't have to do all that much with the people there or the culture or the way of thinking of the Mexican people themselves. It is more with the city, the amazing city. Um, I was super surprised even just when we flew in on the plane because it is humongous. Like I cannot even describe to you how it looks when you're flying from the plane down on onto this giant city. I knew that it was the largest city in North America. And yes, that is a true statistic. It is the largest city in North America, which I don't feel like a lot of people know. And I was honestly surprised at that when doing my research before the trip. It's bigger than New York City by a lot. I can say firsthand, um, we were there a week and I don't even feel like we saw half of the city and we were driving around like crazy in this little pink taxi cab. That's another culture shock that the taxis in Mexico City are bright bubblegum pink, which I'm not going to lie. I thought it was adorable. Um, I thought we should definitely adopt that in New York. But anyway, uh, Mexico City is the largest city in North America. It is huge. I mean, the statistics speak for themselves, but I think it was just a different thing to see it. This is also the seventh largest city in the world. This is coming seventh on a list with cities like Tokyo, Beijing, um, above it, cities that we all consider as massive. Um, Mexico City is up there and I don't feel like a lot of people talk about how humongous it is. There were points where we were driving. I mean, there was traffic too. Um, a lot, a lot of traffic. And that's actually my next point. But I mean, we were driving maybe one, two hours at a time. And I would ask our tour guide, um, who was amazing. He was driving us around in the little pink taxi, of course. And I was like, we're not still in Mexico City, right? Like, we're on, like, the outskirts, right? And he was like, oh, no, 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 we're still, we're still in the heart of the city. And I don't know, that was a shock to me. That was insane. It is insanely large. It looks like it would never end. Our Airbnb was absolutely amazing. It was on the, I think it was the 35th floor, I want to say, of an apartment complex in the Polanco neighborhood. And I will post a photo on my Instagram if you want to check it out at the T-H-E-M-L-E-E-M-I-L-Y Esperanza E-S-P-E-R-A-N-Z-A at the Emily Esperanza on Instagram if you want to check this view out. The first time we walked into the Airbnb, I was, I mean, I literally, I took so many photos just right then and there because it was amazing. It was massive. It seemed to never end. And it was, it was gorgeous just really really beautiful um but i don't think a lot of people realize how extremely massive this city is it is home to more than 21.3 million people that's a lot that is a ton it is the largest city in north america so um that was a shock to me that we could be driving for one one and a half two hours and still be in you know the central part of the city so that was a culture shock but a good one i thought it was an awesome one and it honestly made me have to go back now so <laughs> already planning the next trip because we didn't even see you know I don't even think we saw a quarter of the city so yeah definitely an amazing thing going along with that line of kind of the geography of Mexico City I also wanted to talk about the landscape of this area while it is this giant metropolitan area gigantic city it is also surrounded on all sides by gorgeous mountains 
um, which is honestly something I also kind of underestimated. I did not realize these were like, I mean, these are like real, like big mountains. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird, but I just, I don't know. In this area, living on the East Coast here of the U.S., I have yet to see such a big, bustling city that is also surrounded by these beautiful mountains. It's like you get nature and you get city life in one, and it is, it was gorgeous. The view from the plane was amazing. So you see this big city that just seems to never, ever end. And then you see these mountains in the background and it was just gorgeous. But going along with that, the altitude of Mexico City is a lot higher than I expected. I knew it was high, but just I did not think that I would feel effects from it. Um, my nose actually kept bleeding on this trip. Um, there was one time we were walking, just me and my dad, through the city alone. Um, my dad speaks Spanish to a certain extent, but not, you know, not to a native level by any means. Um, and there was this one time where we were walking to get from, I don't know, I think we were going to my friend's house. And I was like, dad, my nose is bleeding in the middle of the city. This was like the second day because I think my body was still adjusting to the altitude. And my nose started gushing blood in the middle of the streets of Mexico City at like eight in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do we do? We didn't have any napkins. We didn't have any tissues, no patels, anything. This this is going back to my first point about how the people in this city are amazingly kind, amazingly generous. They will give their time, their resources for you. This woman stops. You know, my dad couldn't even talk to her. He didn't know how to say tissues in Spanish. Even and I, my nose was gushing blood. I couldn't talk. So <laughs> she was just so nice. She was like, it's okay. It's all was happening. She gave us all of the napkins out of her purse. She's pulling out all of these napkins. She st- like stayed there with us, giving me all these napkins that was, you know, that speaks to the altitude of this city, which, by the way, is 7,382 feet above sea level. So, I mean, that's crazy. There's, like, a famous city in Switzerland called Gimmelwald, which is not even 5,000 feet above sea level. So, like, when you think of the Alps, you think of those as, like, high. Mexico City is literally almost 7,500 feet above sea level. So, that speaks for itself. But then just the kindness, coming back to the kindness, the generosity of these people stopping on the street when she was clearly, you know, running to work, running across the city for work. Um, Beautiful thing. But yeah, the elevation is a real thing. The altitude sickness does hit some people. My skin was super, super dry, flaky. Um, Yeah, the nosebleeds were definitely a little bit of a struggle. But like I said, after the first one, two, three days, we got over that. So that was definitely an interesting one that I did not expect. Okay, so this last culture shock, maybe you guys can tell me. I don't know if this is just me being like an oblivious tourist or what, but um, the driving culture and kind of the mannerisms of drivers in this city were insane. I know that, you know, if you go to New York City, Los Angeles, you know, drivers are a little crazy. You know, you have to do things in a city. You got to go around people. You got to kind of be, you know, <laughs> you know, you have to be defensive. Um the first thing that I noticed on like, you know, within the first few hours of being there is that I went across the street because there was a car coming like from all the way down the road. And like, I don't know, I think I'm just kind of trained to like think that they'll stop for a pedestrian at the crosswalk. And my friend pulled me back. She was like, do not do that. You cannot cross. I was like, aren't they going to stop? And she was like, no. I was like, what do you mean they're not going to stop? I don't know if that is me being like an oblivious, entitled tourist. I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me. I was just ready to cross because I'm pretty, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they were far enough away. I was like, they'll stop. They see me in the middle of the road. 
Um, and I continue to notice this, that nobody stops for pedestrians ever. I was maybe waiting at a crosswalk, like, you know, standing a little bit into the streets. People would see me for maybe 10 minutes straight and nobody stopped. And these streets are busy. You know, there's sometimes that it is better to walk. I think this is typical of any city. I don't think this is, you know, a big thing about Mexico City in particular. But um, there is a lot of traffic. And it, I noticed that the drivers honk their horns for everything. Of course, in a big city, and this is a huge city as we just went over, um, of course, you're going to need to be a little bit more defensive, honk your horn more. But like these drivers just to turn instead of like a turn signal, they'll just honk. I noticed this when we were getting driven around in the little pink taxis. Um, <laughs> I, I noticed this, that they would honk for everything. And I've just never seen that here, even in bigger cities. Um, I thought it was very interesting. It definitely does take a very long time to get places if you're driving. Um, and it is, I mean, like we were thinking about renting a car here and I was like, oh, I don't know if I would do that because it is, it is completely different. Just like what certain signals mean, you know, here honking your horn to me is like, oh no, what did I do? Like, what did I do wrong? Who am I about to cut off? Like, wh and what am I about to, about to crash into? I don't know. But there it's like, oh, I'm turning or like, oh, I'm going to cross. <laughs> like, um, very interesting and things that are completely normal to them, but are a little bit strange and a little bit disorienting to us as tourists. So I bring up all of these points. Some of them are, you know, big things like just the general kindness of the people or, you know, the altitude, the ginormous size of the city. Um, some of them are small things like, you know, the fact that barely anybody wears shorts even when it's 70 degrees out or the fact that they will not stop for pedestrians <laughs> there on the streets. Um, some of them are little things, but it, to me, those are the little things that are most interesting and those little things will sometimes really, really catch you off guard because, you know, nobody was ever going to tell me that people in Mexico don't wear shorts. Like, that's not something that really comes up because you're so focused on your itinerary. You're focused on, you know, learning the language, all of these things. Um, and these are not things that tend to come up. So it's it's really, really fun. It's really interesting finding those little things that are going to catch you off guard and you kind of have to adapt and, you know, keep going because these are things that they are used to there and you are among natives if you're really immersing yourself. So definitely the lessons that I learned. Um, I hope that this was really interesting to you guys. Some of these apply to other parts of Mexico. Some of them might even apply to other Latin American countries. So I hope that if you guys are planning to travel, this will help you. And if not, I hope you kind of feel like you might know these cultures a little bit better now or that you might have you know, some new information about Mexico City because it was an amazing city that I think that more people should know about and more people should visit. So with that, those are my culture shocks that I suffered. I will just not, you know, not suffered, obviously, that I experienced, I'll say. Um, most of these things were positive things in the end. I will say that, like I said in the beginning, by the end of this trip, I was more exhausted than I think I have been in a very long time. And I don't mean like physically, I mean like mentally, especially when you're speaking in a different language, in a second language, even if you have, you know, reached a somewhat a level of fluency in that language, it is mentally exhausting to be speaking it 24 seven um, for an entire week. And it is a great experience. It's something that you have to do if you really want to be immersed, but it is mentally taxing. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that side of it. So I just wanted to talk about those aspects today and I hope you guys enjoyed. 
Gracias por escuchar la Gringa Bilingua podcast. Check back every other week for new episodes and follow me on Instagram at the Emily Esperanza.